0: If you've got a copy of God's Word, will you turn with me, please, to the book of Psalms, Psalm 104. Psalm 104. And when we're turning to that great passage of Scripture, let me pick this opportunity, first of all, of thanking your pastor and the session of this church for giving me an opportunity to come and simply to give a personal word of testimony of what the Lord Jesus Christ can do in a life. You know something, folks? I was just thinking about the week of meetings this morning. In fact, I was thinking about them most mornings. But I woke up this morning thinking just simply about the Holy Spirit. And if you can recall, our brother Eric Stewart uh, gave us much food and thought about the third person of the Divine Trinity. Personally speaking, I believe there's not enough spoke about the office of God, the Holy Spirit. In fact, I just... Simply opened up the Word of God this morning. My daily reading was all about W.A. Tozer. And uh, when I started to read about this man, W.A. Tozer, a man of God, he could say these words The Holy Spirit never enters a man. And we know whenever we bring a man in to speak, it adds ladies and children. But this is what he had said The Holy Spirit never enters a man and then lets him live like the world. Friends, I must confess to you tonight, that pierced right through my soul this morning. W.A. Tozer, he went on to say, though many Christians overlook the importance of the Holy Spirit, Scripture is clear about not only his vital role, and we know the vital role of God the Holy Spirit is to anoint men of God and women of God to... Glorify the lovely name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that God and all things would have the glory. But folks, this next part of it, what he had said was this scripture is clear about not only his vital role, but also his divine actions in a Christian's life. You see, the Bible teaches us, friends. He guides us. John 16, verse 13. He teaches us, John 14:26. He transforms us, 2 Corinthians 3 and 18. He strengthens us, Ephesians 3 and 16. He instructs us, Acts 8 and 29. He fills us, Acts 4 and 31. He comforts us, Acts 9 and 31. And praise be to his great name, he lives within us. 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 16. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth In you, all for another outpouring and unfilling of God the Holy Spirit in each of our lives. Maybe with the word of God open before us, just let's unite our hearts in a brief word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we come into thy most holy presence, Lord, just as weak vessels of clay. But Lord, we claim thy great promises of thy holy word. We pray, dear Heavenly Father, that tonight, Lord, you would take this vessel of clay, Lord, you would anoint me with power from on high. We pray, dear Heavenly Father, that this meeting would be owned and superintended by God, the Holy Spirit. Lord, bring everything to my thoughts, what needs to be said in this meeting. Lord, I give myself to thee, body, soul, and spirit. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that thou would, Lord, use me for thy almighty glory. And Lord, you have promised in thy word, Lord many promises in thy word. Lord, I give myself to thee. Let the words, Lord, this very night of my lips and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Oh, Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Thank ye for our blessed Redeemer, the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray for power. I pray, Lord, that you would take me out of the norm tonight. And Lord, thou would put me into that supernatural power. We thank you we come before a supernatural God with supernatural power. Now, Lord, I claim thy great truth. Now on me, Lord, this night, that power would be given. Lord, we pray against every force of the devil. We pray, Lord, that thou would bind the strong man. We pray, dear Heavenly Father, that thou would paralyze the powers of darkness. Lord, put a wall of fire around this church tonight. Lord, this very pulpit, may the angels in heaven guard this vessel of clay, that every word would leave my lips, would bring much honor and glory to my Savior, for I ask these things in his name. Amen. Amen. You know, I was just thinking during the week, friends, that every word of personal testimony is powerful. Because it just simply tells a story about moving from death to life. You know, giving your personal word of testimony is a great way to share the gospel with others. To explain your personal salvation experience. And I put the emphasis in there to share the gospel with others. Whenever I look at the word of God and I study the word of God... I see Paul the Apostle, a man of God, that wrote 14 epistles of our New Testament. I think about Paul standing before King Agrippa, that king that said, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. But what a testimony that Paul the Apostle brought before King Agrippa, because I read over there in Acts 26 and verse 32, Paul could say these words, having therefore obtained the help of God, I continue on, to this day. And friends you know. You could actually say it like this. Having therefore the grace of God. I continue on. To this day. And what a word of testimony. Then I think about John and the Isle of Patmos. Over there in Revelations chapter 12. And verse 11. And they overcame him. By the blood of the lamb. And by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto death. And friends, then I think about the big fisherman, Peter. Boys, that blessed my soul during the week when I thought about Peter's testimony. You'll read about that over in John chapter 6. Do you remember the disciples started to just basically leave the Savior and Christ uh, could say to his disciples, will you also go away? And I'm paraphrasing this. And the words of Peter was this, but Lord, where can we go? For thou has the words of eternal life. And here was Peter's testimony straight after that verse. And we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And praise the Lord, tonight my testimony is all about the living God. It's all about his grace. It's all about his love. And friends, that's the way when we come into the house of God, it's just great to uplift his great name. You know, I often think of that great text of scripture. the his grace over there in Ephesians 1 and verse 7, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. It's the riches of his grace, that free gift that was given to each and every one of us, freely given, freely given. Do you remember the words over there in Romans 3 and verse 24, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Grace. Saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, to the glory of God alone. We are saved by divine grace and not human effort. If there's anybody in this meeting and you're trying to work your way to heaven, friends, I have to be faithful to your soul tonight. You could be the most religious person in this meeting and you could still go to hell. Christ says he hadn't come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Friends, it's all grace. God's favor, God's kindness bestowed upon those who do not deserve it, nor cannot earn it. So I simply stand here tonight as a trophy of grace of what the Lord Jesus Christ can do in a life. This is my story. To God be the glory I'm only a sinner saved by grace. And as last 17 years, I can testify to God's grace. Not a bit wonder, John Newton penned those great words. Though many dangers, toils, and snares I have already come, 'tis grace has brought me safe thus far. And praise the Lord, it will be grace that will lead me home. Grace. The center work of God's redeeming grace. Is the cross work of our blessed kinsman redeemer. The Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know something friends tonight? The resurrection of Christ. Is the heart of the gospel. Let me repeat that. The resurrection of Christ. Is the heart of the gospel. Romans 4 verse 25. Who was delivered for our offenses. And was raised again for our justification. Do you know the three greatest words that ever hit this earth came from a graveyard he is risen all because of those three great words on Calvary's middle tree it is finished praise his great name never wonder we're able to sing tonight lifted up was he to die oh yes it is finished was his cry now in heaven exalted high Hallelujah! What a Savior—the suffering Savior—became their awarded Redeemer, the One that once was crowned with thorns. Praise the Lord tonight in heaven's glory; He's crowned with glory. Oh, yes, this great Psalm here that we've opened at Psalm 104. I want you to look at it. First verse just simply says, "Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord, my God, Thou art very great." Thou art clothed with honor and majesty. And friends, I'm going to send you home tonight with a bit of homework. When you go home tonight, take time to go right down that passage of scripture. Because I tell you something, whenever you go down that passage of scripture, this was the passage of scripture that I was in at the beginning of the week. It's very easy. There's thirty-one thousand one hundred and two verses in the authorized version. It's very easy to use any amount of verses. But the Lord bless my soul with this great chapter 104 of Psalm. And I tell you what, you see, if you read right down that and you study it, boy, it just wants to make you sing. Because it's all about God's creation. you know the atheists? And many schools today are trying to do away with God's creation. Brother and sister in this meeting, if you want to learn one verse and keep it in your thoughts and your mind, Whenever an atheist or somebody says to you, Then it come with a big bang, just simply take them to Genesis 1 and verse 1. It's simple to remember. A child can remember it. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. You may think tonight that's not much, maybe much of a verse to be in them back. Let me tell you something. That's the very first that will damn them in the lost eternity because God always uses his word. Oh, I love the Psalms, Psalm 33 and verse 6. I remember bringing that to an one day. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made and the host of them by the breath of his mouth. Do you know my great El Shaddai, God Almighty, just simply spoke this world into being? For there in Psalm 33 and verse 9 we read this, For he spake and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. Praise the Lord for John chapter 1 and verse 3. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And let me tell you something. Paul the Apostle got it right over there in Romans chapter 1 and verse 20. The end of that verse 20, Paul the Apostle could say this. So they are without excuse. But friends, here's the two verses I want to zoom on tonight. Zoom till tonight is verse 33 and 34. Look at it. The first I will sing. I will sing unto the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have my being. You know something folks, I, I can honestly tell you. Catherine Mitchell, I'm going to have a voice like you in heaven. What must it be to be at glory land this very night? Home with the Savior and that great band of blood people worshiping the Lamb. Friends, I'm going to tell you something tonight from this puppet. That excites my soul. Loud voice. Loud voice. Do you know something? I didn't know this until just last week or the week before it. You know, there's three recordings of Christ in the Bible about loud voice. We know it over there in John 11 and verse 43. And when it's the story about Lazarus. And, and when he had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And the other two recordings of that loud voice is found over there in Matthew 27, verse 46 and verse 50. Here's what it says. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eli. Eli, Lamasabathia. That is to say, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? In verse 50, it says, Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, he yielded up the ghost. Do you know something in God's precious truth? I told me, we and Adrian was speaking last Sunday night, 12 times in the book of Revelations. We read about loud voice, loud voice. Do you remember the Revelations chapter seven and verse ten? And cried with a loud voice, saying, "Salvation to our God which sitteth upon the throne, and unto the Lamb." Praise the Lord! The song of the redeemed tonight, and the song of the redeemed. In this very meeting, we worship the Lamb. All praise, all honor, all praise. All honor goes to the Lamb. Revelations 5 and 12 saying with a loud voice. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain. To receive power and riches and wisdom and strength. And honor and glory and blessing. All with a loud voice. Oh may the Lord be pleased in these days to give us voices like a lion. Loud voices as we sing to the Lamb. As we pray to the Lamb. And as we preach to the Lamb. You know what? Just a thought come to my head there. Doctor Paisley, away on home to be with the Lord. You know this story's true. The doc one time was preaching, and at the very front of the seats was sitting a mother and her young boy. And boys, if you've ever heard the doc preach, boy, I'll tell you something. He would nearly scare you into heaven. But the doc stirred it up so he did when he was singing. And the wee boy was sitting beside his mummy in the very front seat and he was fascinated with the man. As the doc sung, the wee boy's eyes got bigger and bigger and bigger and then the doc again opened up the word of God and started to preach. The doc, he let a roar out of him and the wee boy slid up the seat tight into his mummy. The doc, he hit the pulpit or a rattle and the wee boy got in underneath his mummy's arms and then the doc threw his finger out over the pulpit and says, repent, repent, repent! And the wee boy looked up under his mummy's eyes and says, if that man gets out of the pulpit, he'll kill us. Friend, that's the type of preaching that's needed back in the pulpits today. Preaching with such fervency and passion. I know it's not possible. I know that this is not possible before I say this, but I would rather scare you into heaven than to sing you a lullaby into hell. The old Puritans simply torn or born. And I tell you something now, do you see whenever you start preaching like that, trust you me, you'll soon become the enemies. An absolute, they'll hit you with a passion. Trust me when I tell you that. The enemy will hit you with a passion. Because the enemy's doing the devil's business. And not a wonder Paul could say, I think it's over in Galatians chapter 4 and verse 16, am I therefore become your enemy? Because I tell you the truth, It's all about the truth of God's word, friends. Ye shall know the truth, and praise the Lord, the truth shall set you free. Praise the Lord for that great high priestly prayer. You know, I came into that prayer meeting on Wednesday night, before the meeting, and all known to a young fellow in this church, Ewan, Ewan prayed that great high priestly prayer, John 17, verse 17. Now, friends, I confess to you tonight, I went in there with a heavy heart. Didn't feel like praying. That's the truth. But our brother, Ewan, prayed that great prayer. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. I'll tell you something now. I can not wait till he stop praying, till I get in. That's what it's all about, friends. The word of God, the truth of God's word. Look at verse 34. My mention of him shall be sweet. Listen, I will be glad in the Lord. And I don't know about you, but I'm glad to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Not a wonder the psalmist could say it. Psalm 122. And verse one, I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. Glad. I suppose for a testimony I've got to use that great verse of scripture over there in Psalm 126 and verse 3. The Lord hath done great things for us, whereof we are glad. I'm glad tonight for that day and hour when my Redeemer, the Lord Jesus Christ, dug right down into the graveyard of sin in my life. And he brought me up also out of a horrible pit. And out of the miry clay, and praise the Lord tonight, he has set my feet upon a solid rock. It's the same rock that he could say to Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And he has established my going's grace. And he hath put a new song in my mouth. Even praise unto our God, many shall see it and shall fear, and shall trust, and shall trust, and shall trust in the Lord. That's my testimony, Trusting in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not on to thine own understandings. But in all thy ways acknowledge him. And he shall direct thy paths. Yes, my testimony is all about God's grace. But praise the Lord tonight, is all about God's love. God's love. How can we comprehend God's love? I have to stand here tonight in awe. Of God's love. Gappy love. Not a human being on earth can possess a gappy love. Because it's an unchanging love. Love. Praise the Lord, brother. You sung my great hymn tonight. Isn't the love of Jesus something wonderful? You know, I often start off my testimony like that. I could testify in seven words. And seven in the Bible is a number of perfection. It's a number of completion. Isn't the love of Jesus something wonderful? Love. Not about wonder when we open up God's word and we read Revelations 1 and verse 5 unto him who hath loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. And then we can flick on over there, maybe even to Jeremiah and read the love again. And Jeremiah 31 and 3, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore with loving kindness have I drawn thee. Oh, I have to stand here tonight and say love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. And I stand here like a psalmist, David, and I say such knowledge, it's too wonderful for me. It is high I cannot obtain unto it. I fully can't take it in why God and his grace and his mercy would look upon wretched, hell the sinners. We'll never understand it. You know, I wasn't long saved. And suppose I was thinking about this. It probably wasn't the first verse that I learnt, Because everybody from a child knows that beautiful, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. <laughs> but I wasn't long saved. And friends, I, I confess to you tonight that nobody can tell me that there's no such person as God the Holy Spirit. Because... I was basically illiterate. I could barely read or write. That's the truth, friends. I I mean this. But when I got saved and I gave my life to Christ, I said, Lord, I believe now that God the Holy Spirit has taken taken up residence in my life. Would you open up the word of God to me and saturate my mind with holy truth? I thank the Lord that God heard prayer. And one of the most beautiful verses that I learned at the very start was found over there in Psalm 91 and 14. Because he hath set his love, there's the love again, upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he hath known my name. I'm wondering tonight, does the great El Shaddai in this making know your name? Of course he knows your name. But what I'm asking is, is your name written in the Lamb's book of life in heaven? Because you see if it's not, friends you know what the Bible tells me over there in Revelations 20 and 15? And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. That ought to make us tremble tonight. And let me tell you something. There's two things that will take you to that lake of fire. Just two things will take you there. Not one, two things. The first thing is this. You refuse to accept God's only way of salvation. And that was through your son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And the second thing is this, friends. You listened to the lies of the devil. And he ended up deceiving you. The devil's a liar, friends. In fact, the Bible tells me in John 8 and 44, he's the father of lies. The devil is the accuser of the brethren because the Bible tells me in Revelations 12 and verse 10. The devil is a deceiver. The Bible tells me in Genesis 3 and verse 1, we know all about it, don't we? Do you remember the great command that was given to Adam of every tree of the garden? Thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, then your eyes shall be open. Ah, friends, listen to me. You should be as gods, knowing good and evil. Let me say something. That was the lie of the devil. That was the lie of the devil. Your eyes should be open. The Lord commanded the man not to eat of the forbidden fruit because the day that thou eatest thereof, your eyes shall be open. And then the devil come with a lie. Sorry, he come with a doubt. Hath God said. Hath God said. And then it comes to the life for God doth know that the day that thou eatest thereof, then your eyes shall be open, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Let me tell you something: their eyes were open because they did eat of the forbidden fruit, but it, their eyes wasn't open to be gods, but sinners, and they plunged right into this very depths of this world sin. Wherefore, as by one man, that's Adam. Sin entered into the world and death by sin. So death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. And I tell you something tonight, friends, that's the way we preach the word repentance. Grasp that. That's the way we preach the word repentance. Paul and Marshall in Athens could say to that great mob, God commandeth all men everywhere to repent. Christ himself in Luke 13, twice He says except ye repent ye shall all likewise perish. I was just thinking about the old Puritan Thomas Watson. Thomas Watson said knowledge without repentance will be but a torch to guide men to hell. Do you know that people on earth hate to hear the word repent? Those in hell wish they could hear it one more time. Repentance friends. It was the great ministry of John the Baptist. Peter the disciple, Paul the apostle, but most of all, Christ himself. Because there in Mark 1 and 15 we read those great words. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. If the gospel you preach does not include repentance and the cross work of our Lord Jesus Christ then you preach a false gospel. Maybe you're sitting in this meeting tonight. You're to some church. And it's what's known as the modern gospel. Get out of it. Flee. Flee. from it. This mo- modern gospel is more common, common than what you think it is. And you know how you know it. No God's preached anymore. No sin is preached anymore. No hell is preached anymore. Ah, No blood is preached anymore. And sadly, that leads to no salvation, friends. You know, I knew all these things as a young boy brought up in a Christian home. Knee high, brought up in a godly home, sent to all the meetings that was going. I remember sitting in God's house Seven, eight, nine years of age. I can't mind exactly the old enemy. Ah, let me tell you something. The old enemy is the devil, certainly. But the old enemy can be the flesh too. The world, the flesh, and the devil. That's the triune battle that we're in tonight. Sometimes they say, oh, the devil attacked me. The devil wouldn't want to attack me. He's after godly men. But the weakness of this old flesh. The devil used to say to me, Keith, you couldn't be a sinner. You haven't been out to the pubs and the clubs. You haven't drunk. You haven't talked to D- done all this immoral stuff. Keith, the minister's talking about a sinner. And you're not a sinner. Well, let me tell you something tonight in this meeting. From the very youngest to the very oldest, each and every one of us are sinners. Each and every one of us. In fact, we're born in sin and we're shaping in iniquity. In fact, God's word tells me in Psalm 51 and verse 5, Behold, I was shaping in an iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Let me tell you something. It was manifested in my life as I was growing up. School days. Don't really want to talk much about it. Hated it with a Passion. Anything went wrong in our school. And I'm telling you the truth. The headmaster says, get Shieldsy up. If he didn't do it, he'll know who did do it. And you know something? I hated it with a passion. I absolutely hated it. And I know my wife, maybe she didn't ever hear this. But I remember where we used to scheme was up in the old poker machines, the amusements in Macrothel. So basically, I had no excuse. There was one day we were called to the office. So we were, the next day, and the excuse was why we weren't in church. And two or three of my mates, they had an excuse because it says the bus broke down. I couldn't make that excuse because I only lived around the corner. But here's where we spent our time. And I want to tell you something here tonight. Be not deceived, for God is not mocked. There was one time I was standing in that den of iniquity putting money into their mouth slots. And somebody says, who's that man? And I turned around, it was my father. I tell you what, he took me out of it with the back of that scruff of the neck. And I want to tell you something. Sin will take you further than you want to go. Trust me when I tell you that. Oh, the couple of wee 50 peas or 10 peas going into the slot machine soon led to the poker machines. You know the devil will let you on until he gets a grip on you. I'll never forget one on a rip of money. I mean this. My mother that's home in glory used to tell this story. I used to hide it in the house. Run out of hiding places, so you know what I had I had a snorkel and a mask that you use down in Port Rush for out in the water. And I remember all the money stuffed down the snorkel. And I remember falling out with my brother, and he must have told my mum I was gambling. My friends, I landed home from school one day, I'll never forget it. Boys your house boy, there was a blazing fire. And mummy says to me, Sit down, Keith, I've something to ask you. And I want the truth. Are you gambling? And I remember looking at the side of the seat and there was a snorkel and mask so I had no way out of it. Do you know what she done? Now my mummy loved the Lord, friends. And she loved the Queen. But the Queen was about to go up the chimney. She lifted every penny of it, and this is true, and she threw every penny of it into the fire. And she said there'll be no devil's money in this house. Oh yes, friends, I suppose from the age of 19 I went to Australia. There for a full year, come back from Australia at the age of 20. And for the next 15 years of my life, until I was 35, I lived in much sin. And that's the way I often put the handbrake on at this stage. Because I don't want to give any airtime whatsoever to the devil. So let's get to my conversion. Stand outside the pubs and the clubs as a doorman, a bouncer or a half-wit, whatever way you want to call it. No thought of God, 18 and a half stone, competing in Ireland's strongest man, competing in Northern Ireland's. My wife will tell you, I we went to Bangor, i never seen nothing like it in my life, the crowd there. I went up to the first event, and this is the only thing I'm telling you, and the first event was an arm over arm pulling a skinny lorry towards me, and I couldn't even budge because it was too late at 18 and a half stone. But stand outside the pubs and the clubs. Thank the Lord where sin abound. Grace did much more abound. You see a praying mother and father in this meeting tonight. You keep holding on to the altar for your boy. You keep holding on to the altar for your gear because I'm a trophy of grace of what the Lord Jesus Christ can do in a life. And that man's the same. But no thought of God. And I broke my we gospel track just a wee gospel track isn't it wonderful how the, the enemy will say to you, what you you may think that you can't stand behind a pulpit and preach or take Sunday school or whatever but I tell you what you can do, you can do what my mother done, she gave her gospel track steady and I mean steady, my wife can tell you thousands upon thousands upon thousands of gospel tracks that me and we wee gear in fact we have some of them with us tonight so on the way out We're not publicizing that we're great and this and that, but me and Gemma sat down and she done the graphics. My wife, she done the spelling, and I done very little, but just get them made. And you know something? My mummy used to phone me all the time. I used to give her hundreds of them, and she would say, Keith, I'm running out of the tracks. I says, Mummy, what are you doing with them? Well, she says, I've gone to holidays and I set them in the toilet and I set them here and I set them there. And you see, giving out gospel tracks, I I mean this, friends. There's enough gospel within, inside a gospel tract to save the world. You know why? Because it's God's word. But here I was, and they were coming down to the club land, and I was standing at the black horse. And you know what they're doing with God's word? They were ripping it up before my very eyes, and at the age of 35, I trembled. Because I realized that one day, They'll stand before a holy and a righteous God. And if they don't bow the knee here, they'll bow the knee one day when they meet Christ. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You know what the wee track was? One heartbeat away from heaven or hell. I remember going across and lifting up the ones that weren't wrapped up. I remember putting them in my pocket, one heartbeat away from heaven or hell. Let me pause. I wonder tonight, maybe even in this meeting, that you could be one heartbeat away. You see, for the believer, that one heartbeat is a blessing for us. That's the truth. Yes, I know we sorrow, but not like others. In fact, the smallest verse in the Bible is Jesus wept. But you know all death is for a believer. It's only a doorway that leads us in to glory land. That's all death is for a believer. Paul could say for me to live is Christ. And today is a game. But maybe you're in this meeting. And you know nothing of what we're speaking about tonight. You haven't been redeemed. You haven't been black You haven't trusted on what Christ's great sacrifice manifested in Calvary's middle tree. Well, friends, if you were to die tonight, you'll go out into a lost, lost hell. I don't think we can fully comprehend that. You know, I got a phone call. This is maybe four or five years ago. I was going down to do a prayer meeting way, way down the country. And you know what the pastor said to me on the phone? He says, for the first time in all of his ministry, in fact, this is what he said to me. He says, I was preaching around the cross work of Christ. And for the first time I broke down and I wept over the pulpit. And he says, you know, the sad thing about it was, he says, the rumor going about the church was this, our pastor is ready for a nervous breakdown. That was a rumor going about God's people. Because the pastor wept over that great sacrifice. I could say much more, but I think I'll just move on to... But I need to say here at the end. 27th of the 3rd, 2005 was going to be my new birth. You know, the greatest miracle that Christ ever performed was the the new birth. You know, that day on the 27th of the 3rd, 2005 was an Easter Sunday. If you recall it right back to that date. And normally on a Sunday, my wife can tell you, I used to come down the stairs. You know, I used to do do work Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And even the Lord's night, Sunday night. Monday. Upon money, upon money, raw cash, raw cash, raw cash. Greedy as the devil himself. But that very day, that Sunday, the 27th, the 3rd, 2005, was going to be the day of my new birth. Because my mind made a beeline to Calvary's middle tree. Not about wonder somebody once tackled C.H. Spurgeon and says, all your messages sound alike. See it, Spurgeon replied, that's correct. Because whenever I take a text of Scripture, I always make a beeline for the cross. Oh, I must needs, friends. That was my cry. I must needs go home by the way of the cross. There's no other way but this. I shall ne'er get sight of the gates of light if the way of the cross I miss. Oh, friends, let me tell you something tonight in this meeting. It's the way of the cross leads home. It's the way of the cross leads home. It is sweet to know... As I onward go, it is the way of the cross leads home. The vicarious sacrifice of Christ, Jehovah's servant, paid my debt. And praise the Lord there for that. First Peter two and twenty four: Who his own self bare our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by by whose stripes. We are healed. I'm healed tonight because of that once and for all. Christ himself. I was speaking to a Roman Catholic during the week. This is true, friends. And he was talking about his priest as if he was God himself. I says, young man, I'm going to paraphrase this. The Bible tells me that every priest that stands at daily, often offering up the same sacrifices for sin, which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sin forever, sat down at the right hand of God. I thank the Lord that my testimony tonight is, O Lord, my God, I cried unto thee, and thou hast healed me. Praise the Lord for that great transaction. My sins for his righteousness. For God hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. He made a soul an offering for sin. And praise the Lord, he shall see at the travail of a soul and shall be satisfied. Yes, there's many texts of scripture I can't fully comprehend. How can you take in Isaiah 53 and verse 10? Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. The father wasn't pleased, not that the son suffered, but that his son's sacrifice accomplished eternal salvation. Eric Stewart stood here on Friday night and all known to Eric Stewart on Friday morning I penned these words Who am I that a king would bleed and die for? And then I remembered I was one of the sheep my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give on to them eternal life. Praise the Lord, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. I have failed the Lord many times. But I thank be to his great name. He's never failed me once. You know, the Bible teaches he's the good shepherd. He's the great shepherd. He's the chief shepherd. But let me add one. He's the only shepherd. And that night I walked up them steps, those stairs, to the shepherd's fold. Right into that bathroom. I went into war with the devil that night, friends. I can tell you tonight, and my wife is in this meeting, and she can clarify this. There's many's a night I come home, and the white shirt was plastered with blood. That place where we done that outdoor work, the traveling community drunk in there. And my wife can tell you, many's a night, the white shirt had to go to the bin, full of blood. And the biggest battle that I was ever in was in that bathroom with the devil. He come to me, he says to me, I'm no doubt tonight, I'll tell you something now, friends. You will be in a battle if God the Holy Spirit is striving with you this night and this week. Trust me. Greatest, ba- biggest battle I was ever in and there wasn't a foot or a, foot, a, a, foot or a fist lifted. The whole enemy comes says, Keith, you know something? You need to go to church because you maybe need to say some kind of a wee prayer. And maybe you'd say the wrong prayer. Rubbish. Lord, remember me when I enter into thy kingdom. Let me tell you something. That day in faith wasn't baptized or catechized but he believed in the Messiah and the middle cross. I thank the Lord there that night in that bathroom. Friends, I can tell you tonight in the authority of this holy book and in the authority of the man that's seated at the Father's right hand, the Lord moved in a mighty way by his lovely Holy Spirit. Oh, the old enemy says to your friends, laugh at you. I often say this, they'll laugh you into hell, but they'll never laugh you out of it. In fact, Keith, you need to go in tonight because you're, you're old three or four nights. Get the money and then go to church next week and give your life to Christ. You know, the Bible tells me today, if you shall hear his voice, harden not your heart. Boast not yourself of tomorrow. For thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. I believe this to be true. There's many, many souls in hell, in hell this very night that thought the way I, had, I thought. You see, I was, anybody in their right mind would not want to go to a lost Cameron's hell. And then God, the Holy Spirit, the third person of the divine Trinity. And you might say, how do you know? Because I was there. <laughs> I thank the Lord that the Spirit spoke to me. My spirit shall not always strive with my Keith. It's time to hand your life over to Christ. My friends, my wife never seen me cry. And do you see that night on the 27th of the 3rd, 2005, I come down the stairs. In fact, just before that, you know what I said to the Lord? Just give me one more text of Scripture, Lord. Just one more text of Scripture. I remember going into the spare room to look for a Bible, couldn't even find a Bible. And the old enemy, his last lie that night told me was this. You see, you need to go to church, Keith. And I hooked. I was panicking, looking for a Bible, couldn't find a Bible. But there was eight sheets of paper, numbered from one to eight. And the eighth sheet was sitting at the very top. And it was just simply how to give your life to Christ. A young man had a concern for my soul whenever I was at the youth fellowship. And yet that's what I lifted out of that bottom drawer. I remember coming down the stairs. I remember saying to Esther, I'll be back shortly, in ah. Esther didn't know what I was on about. She wasn't saved. And I remember saying to the Lord, spare me till I get to the top of Sleed Galleon, which is three miles from where I live at. I says, because I want to surrender my life to you. I remember getting into that car and driving down that road and I tell you something now, I believe in true holy water and I call it tears of repentance. I couldn't even get to the top of Slave Gallion. I was in that much deep, and I mean deep, deep, deep conviction that I was a fear to kiss I crashed the car or maybe the Lord maybe would return before I had repented. I remember pulling on the wee side, side road, putting my head on top of the steering wheel and just the simple sinner's prayer, Lord, forgive me for all my sins. I have sinned much against thee but I thank you for the precious blood that covers sin. Amen. That was it, friends. I remember coming up the road. My father was not holidays. I remember going in. I says to the wife, you see all the bouncing gear, get rid of it. I says, I'll not be back. I says, I've made peace with the Lord tonight. I've become a born again Christian. Esther didn't throw the bouncing gear into the bin. She thought next week I'll be back again. I remember lifting the phone and I remember daddy dialing the number. I remember him Daddy used to always say to me, Keith, not unless it's an emergency, don't phone when I went to a holiday. He always said that. He had a wild habit of saying that. Not unless it's an emergency, Keith, don't phone us. Because he was afraid probably he'd phone. He's been arrested again for GBH. Oh, he didn't want to hear this type of stuff. He would have ruined his holidays. But I remember dialing the number. And my heart was pouting. And I could hear his wee voice at the end of the phone. He says, what's wrong, Keith? I said, your wayward boy came home. <laughs> your wayward boy came home six weeks after that my wife was saved a wee gear repented from her sins my young boy he done the same but you know it's not an easy road that we're traveling to heaven friends it's not really but time's short isn't it really let's let, let's face it time's short and you know something i've never looked back since oh i've I've, I've failed many a the time I've failed the Lord many the time, friends, but he's never failed me. You know, the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, you know what it does? It keeps on cleansing. Don't listen to the lies of the devil. He's a liar. He's a deceiver. What though the accuser roar of sins that I have done, I, I know them well. I'll tell you better than that. Thousands more, but Jehovah findeth no one. That's the way Christ could say their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. You know, it's good. Good to be saved. Good to be pressing on, Good to be in the good fight. And I often say this, friends. I pray that when I come to my last breath here on earth, that I'll be able to say, like Paul of old, I have fought a good fight. I have finished their course. No, no, friends. There's a lot of ministers who even get that wrong. I finished my course. And I have kept the faith. You know, there's a few wee tracks there that Gemma and myself, they're sitting out at the door. You know what I'm going to do tonight? I'm going to ask you to take one each or even two each. And you see, this week or next week, I want you to give it to one of your loved ones or your friends, even one of your work colleagues. And let's stand back and see what the Lord will do. Or bless them. Mm.
1: Amen. Well, there's just one verse of Scripture I want to leave with you tonight as we come to a close. And don't want you to turn to it tonight. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. The Apostle Paul, he said, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things pass away, and all things become new. And I want to leave that question before you tonight. Can you identify with that in your life? Whenever Keith was speaking about the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, and if you're ever going to get saved, you have to go, you're going to have to come there. But I want to bring you just for a moment, not to the torture of his body, because after men had pierced his hands, and after men had crowned him with thorns, and after men had exhausted their wrath and their venom, and pulled the very hairs from his cheek, and his visage was so marred more than any man, and after they had done all that they could, I want you to come just for a moment on that green hill far away, outside the city wall, where the dear Lord was crucified and died to save us all. And I want you to think for a moment, not about the torture of his body, but I want you to think for a moment of the travail of his soul. Because painters have tried to paint it. Poets have tried to describe it. And while they may be able to come close to the nail prints in his hands and the thorns upon his brow, My dear friends, tonight there's not a preacher in the world, there's not a poet, there's not a painter, can describe what the Lord Jesus went through in those dark hours of Calvary. Because the Bible says that he shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. And in those three hours of darkness, all my sins were laid on him. Jesus bore them on the tree. God who knew them led them on And believing I go free. And you could be in this meeting tonight with the weight of your sin and the burden weighing heavy upon you. And the poet put it like this. Burdens are lifted at Calvary. Jesus is very near. He took my sins and my sorrows. He made them his very own. He bore the burden to Calvary and he suffered. He died alone. And my dear friends tonight I just want to stop you on your way as Keith has said to a lost sinner's hell if you're not saved. Gaze on the center cross where the greatest price was ever paid. and Gaze at the greatest sacrifice that was ever made. And stand and discover for the first time in your life young man, young woman whoever you are it was for you. It was for me. And all the weight of the wrath of God and the bellows of the wrath of God wave after wave moment after moment he could say I sink in deep mire where there's no standing and after three hours of darkness came the triumphant cry it is finished And my dear friend, tonight that means no matter if you're an alcoholic, that means tonight whether you're a gambler like your brother Keith, that matters tonight no matter how big a sinner you may be. The price has been paid. The work has been done. The wrath of God and the justice of God has been satisfied. And that means that you can be saved in this meeting tonight. But you need to come. I wonder will you come. I wonder tonight will you make and close in with the Lord. And say, Lord, I don't want to die in my sin. I don't want to go to a lost sinner's hell. I want to be a new creation in Christ Jesus. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things pass away and all things become new. Would you like to be a new you? Because the Lord Jesus not only died, but I'm glad he rose again. Buddha's dead. Muhammad's dead. The Lord Jesus Christ is alive and says the word of God, wherefore he is able to save to the uttermost them that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth. Are you going to die in your sin? Are you going to die tonight in your sin? God speaketh once, yea, twice, yet man perceiveth Let not come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sin be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be like wool. Come now. Come now.